As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just check this is on. Okay. Buona yesu asafiwe. Very good, very good. Um, does anyone know what that means? Come on, I can see some of you that came out a few years ago to Neymar. You should know that. Okay. Buona yesu asafiwe. It means praise the Lord Jesus. Now, what would you say as a response to praise the Lord Jesus? What would you normally say? Amen. Okay. All right. So, so that I've said buona yesu asafiwe. That's Swahili. Okay, it's what we speak in, in Tanzania. But I also did it initially uh, with sign language. So, Buana Yesu, Asafiwe, and the response is normally Amen, a loud Amen. Okay, so let's practice that. Buana Yesu, Asafiwe. Amen. Okay, just do it again because some of you were, were congratulating me. That was good. <laughs> you can carry on, that's fine. Okay, Buana Yesu, Asafiwe. Amen. Okay, so that's. Something that's done all the time uh, during the course of like a two or three hour sermon um, just to wake people up. So that's what I'm going to be doing over the course of the next couple of hours. Um, you know, it wants to give you a real Tanzanian sermon over the next few hours, so that's fine. So we're, we're here with, with the Church Mission Society, and your church uh, gives very generously to, to, uh, through the Church Mission Society for us to go to Tanzania. And I want to say a big Thank you, Asante Sana, Asante Sana, uh, for your support over the last six and a half years that we've been out in Tanzania working with Neymar Crafts. We can go to the next slide. This is our logo. And thank you as well uh, for the way that you've supported our stalls. We've got Sue, uh, Sue here, um, Susan, who's going to be uh, running a craft shop later, so you can come and, and, uh, and buy some of the things. Uh, from that. I know that you've had a number of those stalls, so Asante Sana again. Now, who can remember, if you've been to Neymar Crafts, not you Paul because you heard me this morning, but who can remember what Neymar means? Anyone know what Neymar means? Grace. Very good. Well done. 
Okay, and now for a bonus point, <laughs> can you remember what the sign for, for, for grace is? Very good, Jan. Are you there this morning? Ah, <laughs> you don't get a sweetie. Okay, so it's this. So it's like God's giving us a, a big hug, okay? So can everyone do that? All right, if you're getting cold later on, perhaps you can do that. All right, but uh, this is grace in, in uh, Swahili sign language. So, um, and that's really what we learned about, what we heard from that great reading today. Um, all about, it was all about God's grace. Now, the, the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary, describes Christian grace as the free and unmerited favour of God. Uh, and I'm sure many of us will remember, perhaps from Sunday school, God's riches at Christ's expense, okay? That acronym, GRACE, G-R-A-C-E. Well, in today's reading in Ephesians 2, this is the essence of what Paul is helping us to understand. God's grace is bestowed on us because of his character and because of his sovereign will. It's nothing to do with our potential or our performance. And we're going to be looking briefly today at how God's grace has dealt with our past. This is past in Swahili sign language. It's available for us in the present, Sasa, and it's been, and it's been prepared in abundance for us in the future. Okay, so the past, present, and future, grace. If you have a Bible, perhaps you want to turn to Ephesians 2 uh, with me, but we're going to start by looking at Paul's uh, first three verses, and it describes our lives before accepting God's grace through Jesus. And what does he say? Let's look at, uh, if we can... There we are. Good. The first three verses. Well, he starts by saying that we're what? That we were dead. Dead in our transgressions and sins in which we used to live. We weren't sick. We weren't just unhealthy. We weren't disabled. What were we? Dead. More than that, we were were ruled by a malevolent spirit. We had no control over our bodily desires and we were headed... For, for judgment. Now, I think you'll agree that's a pretty bleak start from Paul, a pretty bleak backdrop to how we once were. But the point is, if we were all of these things, then there was nothing that we did to deserve God's love, and our future was hopeless. It's really important that we understand that, that we understand where we've come from. Now, if we can go to the next slide, please. This is Soretti, and uh, many, of, many of our staff have very bleak backgrounds, ha- have, have come from such hard places that we uh, here in the UK could hardly imagine recovering from those situations. And take Soretti, she, she really was a victim of the most horrendous abuse as a baby. Um, she was discovered, uh, and she, was being, she, she actually had her legs burnt in a fire, and they had to be amputated. And even when she came back to the village, the other villagers said to her father, just get rid of her. She's useless now. What good is she going to be to you in the future? Just kill her. We go to to the next slide. This is Julius. Julius was born able-bodied but contracted polio uh, at the age of three. Now, fortunately, there are fewer and fewer people uh, getting polio in our area, which is great. But Julius contracted polio. He went went to the hospital. They said uh, there was nothing that they could do for him and, and sent him back home. 
Um, and his parents, because this was the custom in the village, shut him away. So he went from being an able-bodied three-year-old to being shut away at home all day long. And he wasn't able to play with his friends outside. His parents went off to the, the maize fields. Uh, and that's how he said he grew up, shut away at home, because he was seen as being a shame on the family. Now, the difference between our stories and, uh, sorry, the stories that we've heard of our staff here and what Paul is saying uh, in, in Ephesians is that uh, our staff were victims of prejudice. They were victims of, of, uh, of their illness. But Paul says, we were all deserving of God's wrath. So this is the past. We can go to the next slide. This is the past, a dark backdrop that's been set. But now if we look at uh, from verse 4 onwards, Paul uses this really dark, dingy backdrop, backdrop to help us to appreciate the stark contrast of our present situation in Christ. And here are just some of the riches that are now ours thanks to God's grace and his actions for us. Now I've put a diamond in the middle just because that's, that's often what jewellers do, isn't it? They put a, a dark backdrop, a drape behind a jewel just so you can see the many facets and the, and the brilliance of the jewel. Uh, so verse 6 says, God raised us up. He took us from that dead situation and raised us up spiritually and we believe later in life, uh, after, after this life, we'll be raised up physically as well. We move on to the next slide. He seated us with him. We go to the next that he might show his grace, just like Naamah is a, is a beacon of God's grace uh, within uh, the, the community of Aringa, we too are now like a beacon of his, uh, of his grace that he's done. We haven't done anything to deserve it, but we walk and tell others of the grace that we have. We have salvation, the next slide. Even, we're even gifted faith. We go to the next and we are new creations in Christ. We can go to the next slide. I'll just do this side and then you'll know to go to the next one. Great. Now, perhaps you don't feel today that you're a new creation. You're all too aware of your sinful selves being very much alive. Well, when we accepted God's grace, we were immediately justified by the faith that we had in Jesus through his work on the cross for us. But what's called our sanctification or becoming more Christ-like is an ongoing process. And it won't be completed until we meet him face to face. Perhaps you want to say a big amen to that. (laughs) Um, Michael Horton, the Californian theologian, says it well. Where most people think that the goal of religion is to get people to become something that they're not... The scriptures, as here, call believers to become more and more what they've already been made in Christ. And as we seek to do this, we're given God's grace for the present, for the sasahivi, for the now. Daily, we're able to, be, able to come to God and ask for his forgiveness. Daily, we're called to die to our sin. And daily, we can ask him to strengthen us by his spirit living in us, to become more the people he's created us to be. Um, if we can go to the next slide. We don't have Soretti, but she, she looks out. This is her view from the, from the office uh, that we work in. 
And I'm pleased to say, since working at, at Neymar Crafts, Soretti has just proved to everyone just how much potential uh, she had. She just needed the opportunity uh, to show it. And, and Soretti works with me uh, in the office, and she actually does pretty much all of our accounting, all of our bookkeeping. Um, she's been taught how to use QuickBooks, uh, so I'm very glad that she, she gets on with most of that. She produces our management accounts each, each month, um, and she does the payroll and so on. So she, despite her, her really difficult background uh, and the, the bleak uh, situation that she was in, she's managed to use the, the opportunity given to her by Neymar to show the ability that she has. And that's really what's at the centre of, of, our, of our work at Neymar. Now you can see, if you go back, this is Julius. And Julius, too, has shown his ability since working at Neymar. He produces men's shorts, uh, boxer shorts, and he also makes all of our kids' toys as well. Um, and one of the great things is also that when we left Julius, he just moved into his new brick house. He'd been living with his two children uh, and his wife in a house not really that much bigger between me and the, and the guitar maybe, just a mud house, and he said every rainy season, parts of it would be washed away. And he's now got his own house, thanks to the house building project at Neymar. Uh, but actually that's funded because of Julius's hard work. 50% of the profits, 50% uh, of the funds that we need uh, to build the house, uh, the houses, uh, has been funded by uh, Neymar Crafts, by the work of Neymar Crafts and our staff. And the other 50% has come through donors that have come alongside uh, to support that. And over the, the course of the last couple of years, we've managed to build 37 staff homes. So if you go to the next slide, you can see some of the, the homes going up. This is a site uh, out at uh, uh, Kitasengwa. And uh, here we've built seven staff homes altogether. And, uh, and we've built them in such a way that the staff, as they, as they save money, they're able to extend them. They're just very simple starter homes. Um, but it was a way that we could help them to work their way out of the poverty trap. They get paid a wage each month, but the pressures are such that if you've got a job in Tanzania, then your whole family and the whole extended family want, want a piece of, of your wage packet. And so very quickly, within a couple of days, people are asking for advances again because they've had to pay out to their family and so on. Uh, and this is a way them getting a, a house is that they can really start to build a foundation for their, for their lives going forward and sustainability. So, moving on to the future. This is Katie celebrating with Edda, um, opening up one of her houses, which is great. If we go to the next slide, please. The final gift of grace that we see in our Ephesians reading today uh, is works. We're created in Christ to do good works, which he's prepared for us in advance to do. Now, you might think that work doesn't sound like too much of a gift, but for our staff to actually be given work uh, has meant so much to them. That, as I said, it gives them the opportunity to show their ability and actually, there's great, a great deal of unemployment uh, in Tanzania. If you just take a normal road trip, you'll often see young people just stood by the side of the road. Uh, there's nothing really much for them to do. And you can imagine how much unemployment there is uh, for people with disability, even more. And so it's a real blessing 
uh, for our staff to be able to give the opportunity, give the opportunity uh, to, uh, to show their ability. This is Shah uh, working on our screen printing. If we go to the next slide, um, this is Fidea, and she's making uh, an iPad case. Go to the next one. Um, this is Richard working in our cafe. But even for us, to actually be given work by God uh, and to be, to be working with God in his mission gives us hope uh, within our day-to-day -day lives. We should remember that God's mission isn't just happening over there in Tanzania or over there in India uh, through CMS mission partners and so on. Actually, it's as our CMS uh, now says, it's from everywhere to everywhere. So from down end to anywhere else. We're all invited to join in with God's mission wherever we are and whatever work we might be involved with. We go to the next slide. Now, some of you might remember this team. Some of you actually played against this team. I remember Paul in a very fetching uh, pink goalkeeper's top uh, when he was playing in goal against this team. This is the name of Crafts football team. And they're all deaf, so we have a deaf football team. And uh, this year, our, our, our deaf team started to go out uh, and do outreach themselves. I've actually never been with them out into the, the rural uh, parishes across our diocese. So we have the Diocese of Ruaha within which we're working is a huge area. And there's these parishes dotted around that are in the middle of nowhere, really very, very remote places. And um, at one time, our team were looking for more fi fixtures. And just at the same time, uh, this guy on the left, um, he's, he's, a, he's the, the diocesan youth pastor. He was looking for a way that he could go out to these remote villages uh, and actually have the, the bus fare to go out there. So we thought, why don't we set up some fixtures and send our team out with you? And now what they do is they go out to the village and they play football um, with the local side. And that draws a crowd. And then they're able uh, themselves to give their testimony of what God's done for them in their lives. But also they're able to say to, to the villagers, don't hide your disabled children because that's still going on. People hiding uh, their, their children with disabilities, even, even uh, people that are deaf, they often uh, segregate and, and, uh, and keep to one side uh, because they're seen as a, as a curse and they're seen um, as a shame on the family. And so they're able to give that message. And we see here, this is Cloud. Cloud often travels out uh, with the deaf football team as well. And he gives a really powerful message um, too about physical disability. All of those guys are, are, were just deaf. Uh, Cloud also was a polio sufferer. And he gives his testimony. And one of the most powerful things that he says is he says, I know that I'm not a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes look at my life now, and, uh, and he, he really uses uh, all the ways that God's um, spoken to him and used him in his life, but he's so proud of the work that he also does at Namer Crafts, and he says, do you know, um, I make chopping boards, and they don't just sell here, he does the carving on the chopping boards, they sell all over the world, and people love my products, they sell in the UK, and they even sell in America as well, he's so proud of that. But he doesn't just say, you know, aren't I great? He actually always, always gives glory to God. He says, Nam Mungu, which means um, I'm thanking my God for, for all that he's done for me. So these guys are carrying on the mission of God in, into their community themselves. 
And of course, God's grace uh, doesn't end in this life, but its true fulfillment awaits us as a glorious inheritance. Now, Katie and I have been using our time back on furlough, so we're on a four and a half month leave from Namercrafts. There's another couple that have gone out to keep it running while we're away. And uh, we've been using this time really to pray into uh, what God has for us in the future. And uh, it's quite difficult, actually, just to, uh, just to kind of bring that before God and, and hand it over to him, hand our futures over to him again and ask him, what is it uh, that he wants for us? Now, we don't, we're not feeling at the moment, we're not feeling led back to the UK right now. Uh, but we know that going back to Tanzania, we really need some help. And, uh, and so... Uh, we're actually asking all of our churches and so on if you know of anyone that would like to come out uh, in the near future and come and help Katie in her role uh, it's, it's going to be mostly an administrative role but we're looking for a volunteer to come out ideally for, for two years but uh, six months one year um, that would also be good too so if you can uh, pray with us that we find the right uh, volunteer to come and help Katie in her sales and orders role, uh, that, would be, that would be great. We also were given a word when, when you said, uh, ask people to give uh, their, their testimony about what God has been, how God has been good to them. We've also been given a word by uh, one of our mentors, um, Barry, uh, that actually we need to be looking for another couple uh, to come out to Name of Crafts over the next couple of years. And even if we, if we don't come back here, but we, we carry on uh, growing other centres around the country, as seems to be uh, the, the right thing to do, might be the right thing to do, um, then we need another couple um, to come out and run the centre of Name of Crafts. So if you can join us in praying uh, for the right couple uh, to come and support us in that work, that would be wonderful too. So finally, today is Mothering Sunday, the one day in the year uh, when we can appreciate the great love and sacrifice and grace that our mothers have shown to us over the years, and we can thank them for it. Well, as we reflect on uh, our mother's love for us, we can see that just like a mother, God's grace abounds to us because he loves us. And uh, the key and pivotal verse in the Ephesians passage that we had is verse 4. If we go to the next slide, well, this, is, this is the centre, this is most of our staff standing outside. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. If we truly understand the bleakness of our past and the cost of saving us from it, God's love for us becomes dare I say it, even more profound than a mother's love for her child. And I wonder, I want to ask you today, have you truly accepted the fact that God loves you? Have you received the grace he has for you, for your past, dark as it may be? Are you living by his grace in the present, in the Sasahibi? Messy as your present may look, and your future? What about your future? What could your future look like if it was lived out of the knowledge of God's love for you? We're encouraged these days, aren't we, uh, to be led by our feelings. But sometimes our feelings can lead us astray. Our feelings instead 
should follow the truth that we know. If you want proof to know how much God loves you, you can look back at a historical reality, a historical person who carried that Roman cross for you 2,000 years ago. If Jesus died for you, then God really loves you. And if he really rose again, then you know that your future is secure. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this community, this church. Thank you so much for the love that they show to each other and to us. Lord, we pray that this church, this community, would have a greater understanding of the depth, the height, and the breadth of your love, so that they might be able to live from that love and reach out into their community to those people that need to know your grace, that need to know your saving love. Lord God, we pray too for all of the staff at Neymar Crafts, and we pray the same for them. We pray that over the coming uh, few years, Lord, that they would have greater revelation of your love for them, and that they would live out of that love for others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.